What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. Man, 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 man. We got my guy, the master of the mix to master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that's me, Ken Gibbs. And, and I'm, I'm, I said those mans because I'm just so excited right now. I'm fired up, you know what I mean? LeBron just got his fourth. The Lakers got their 17th. He got his fourth finals MVP. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. But before we get into game six and the finals overall, let's talk about game five for a second. Can we do that? Can we do that, fellas? Let's go right ahead. I don't want to, but I guess we have to. <laughs> I mean, we going to bring game five back up later because your favorite segment, Gibbs, is wrong. We just got to fit it in there. So, you know, we go, we go. For somebody who don't want to talk about it, you want to talk about it a lot, Mr. Allen. Uh, but but seriously, though, game five, we all know there were a lot of plays in that game, lots of important plays, lots of great plays, lots of not-so-great plays. But the game came down to LeBron driving to the hole, getting basically a, a double team with two guys rotating over. Because I don't want to call it a quadruple team. That's just ridiculous. That wasn't what it was. And he kicks it out to Danny Green at the top of the key. And the all-time leader for three-pointers in one finals leaves it short. Now, fellas, was the was the cyberbullying of Danny Green, was it warranted or was it too far? Talk to me. Uh, okay, so... Any- now, wait, a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> one more thing. One more thing. After that, Markeith Morris gets the rebound. And um, he... Did a half pass, half shot thing. Kind of got stuck in the air. It went out of bounds. The Lakers were down 109-108 at the time. So, is uh, is Danny catching too much heat for this? Is the bullying warranted or, or is it too far? Okay, so any situation um, in which someone's fiance is getting death threats is going too far i i love sports i'm very passionate about sports i play sports i'm a competitor even though i'm not actively involved in sports i'm competitive at almost everything that i do so it's okay to be passionate about things that you love i know people love basketball i know people love the lakers i know it's okay to bully these players on social media and talk whatever garbage because it's been we've seen proof that it works for example, game six, Danny kind of showed up. We've seen proof that bullying works. But in sports should never be competitive enough to where you're, whether they're legitimate or not, you shouldn't be placing death threats or, or any kind of harm on anyone's life over essentially what is a game. But I, but I do want to say that bullying works and bullying builds characters, but it's a, it's a thin line between bullying and harassment. Let's keep it at bullying. <laughs> I feel that. Like, I feel like Chris, what you talking was it was it worth it? Was it? Well, I mean, at Gibbs, we're, we're known to kind of bully some people over the airways a little bit on this show. But Absolutely. I, I, honestly, he deserved a good amount of it because mm-hmm. Danny Green didn't. He showed up probably one game this whole bubble, and it was probably a game that didn't matter because I don't even Oof. remember who they went against, but it's only one Oof game. Size, extra large. <laughs> Super size. Like, McDonald's got rid of it, but we're going to bring it back for tonight. Super size oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
the death threats, like, come on, man. Like, it's a game, guys. It's a game. You don't have to death. See it. And, and, and the Lakers are still in a commanded league. Like, I, I don't I don't get the Who takes sports that serious? I get you bet a lot of money on the, on the game or something, but it's sports. You do that going into it that if, if, if something goes wrong, you could lose your money. Like, it's a bet. Exactly. It's a gamble. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, the death threats is where I draw the line. It's like, you know, it's never been that deep, dude. Just never, never. Yeah, and, and you know, I avidly joke about having players arrested. I joke about having Danny Green arrested for theft, <laughs> grand larceny, and impersonating an NBA player. But, like, those are jokes. I don't, you know, you don't wish actual harm on anybody. The only harm that I wish they do get is, is maybe a little time on the pine, but that's about it. There's, other than that, Anything else is just, it's it's too far. It honestly and truly, it is too far. And we all know fan is short for fanatic. So we know that like some of these people are not well. Like that's just, that's the reality of this thing. But even excluding the people who have mental illness or whatever the case may be, or, you know, whatever chemical imbalance that doesn't allow them to properly weigh um, how serious a game is or is not, you've still got, uh, you've still got a good amount of people who are perfectly fine that take this thing too deep, right? Like, at, at the end of the day, a loss is a loss is a loss. A win is a win. It's, everything's going to be okay. Because the, to the people who wished uh, Danny death threats and all that, right, I know I always joke about, like, hey, I don't, you know, LeBron's my favorite player, but when he does well, my card note is, is not null and void for the next month. Like, the the property I live on doesn't say, hey, rent's canceled. LeBron put up a 40-point triple-double. Like, that's not. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that people put bets down and it probably did affect their ability to play more. But, I mean, hey, I was always taught never bet or give away money. You cannot afford to lose. Right, that's, that sounds like a you problem, not a Danny Green problem. Exactly, because Danny Green make a fifteen mil. Okay, <laughs> right. He, he's stealing from the program, baby. He he is paying his mortgage. He ain't got to worry about no car note. So ain't Danny Green to pay your whole family's legacy mortgage? Like, I don't, like right. exactly. Come on, come somewhere on. with that, bro. Exactly. Sending death threats. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's and then the, the worst part about it, right? I don't agree with sending death threats at all. I don't agree with taking harassment all that at all. But like. When you go to family members, that's a whole nother level of bad. Like, his fiance had nothing to do with it. His fiance, I don't even believe his fiance is in the bubble. Am I, am I incorrect about that? Or No, she not. She not. So, like, t- for the people who got families in the bubble, you go, hey, get off them. Allow them to make a shot. Or, like, if it's one of the testers, leave Daniel House alone. Like, whatever. <laughs> but, like, if you, if his family not even in the bubble, like, cool it. Come on. That's. You got to be better than that. And also, I think that he's taking too much of the cyberbully because Markeith Morris deserves something. Markeith Morris, come on in the room because you deserve something. You, young man, well, you got the panicked. ball. He did, and that's the part that kills me. Like, to me, there are a lot of guys who could do some of the things that NBA players do. But I think the reason that they get paid the way they do and the reason that they're in this league instead of somewhere over in Europe, somewhere over in Russia, somewhere over in uh, China, something like that, the reason that they're not over there is because, well, you know, you're supposed to be good in these moments. You had KCP right behind you. 
you had uh, LeBron across the not even across the court, just across the three point line, wide open. I mean, child, what are you doing? What was that entry pass? AD was being fronted. You're not that type of passer, Marquise. It's it's just like George Hill and James. Even still, two seconds. Why are you passing in the post before he has to make a post move right. to score? Exactly. Exactly. It's just like with George Hill and J.R. Smith. Yes, J.R. deserved the brunt of the blame. But also, George Hill, come on in the room. It's your turn. It's your turn. Because <laughs> Marquise should have caught some of that heat too. It, all I'm saying is Danny Green is getting smoked like a brunt, like a blunt in front of Bar- Bronny James. And that just it just really is is, is hurting me and my homegirls. Hey, somebody closed the casket with this with this one. This is enough Marquise slander for me. <laughs> so somebody <laughs> said they thought Marquise thought he was passing it to Kobe. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh my lord! <laughs> hey, chill, bro. Chill. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. It's 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 a shit. Marquise deserves some of the slander too, man. And that's that's just facts, man. That's just facts. But anywho, we gonna move on to game six. Fellas, thoughts about Game Six and this final series overall? Um, I mean, it went the way it was supposed to. I, I said, I said, Lakers and Six. There was Lakers and Six. Um, one thing, one thing I was confused about, though, I don't know if it was just a lack of energy or the Lakers just came out extra hungry after a loss. But the game plan that had been working for the Heat this entire time, it seemed like they just abandoned it in Game 6. I don't know if they just weren't able to implement it because they were overwhelmed and just too tired. But I was definitely I, – I, I had the Lakers pulling out Game 6 and winning the ring, of course. But I, I expected another at least somewhat classic game, you know, going back and forth five minutes in the last – five points in the last few minutes, something. Like I was not expecting this uh, decimation of, of the Heat in Game 6. Okay. All right. Chris? Chris, what you thinking? So, all right, uh, two things: the Heat definitely overachieved this season. They were seventy-five to one odds to make the finals, I believe, before the season started. Um, they definitely overachieved. I need that. For I need that. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were seventy-five one odds. They overachieved for sure. So if I'm Miami, I don't look at this as a bad, as a waste season. This is definitely, if anything, you could take this season and learn what you need to have happen, need to have happen to to get to the finals again and win the finals this time, to have a finals victory outcome. Um, This also was Jimmy Butler's coming out party. Like, I mean, I know game six, he, he looked like he ran out of gas, but he also lost Bam for a game that he had to carry the team in a W. Yep. He carried the team with Bam, no Bam in a W, and he was out without their leading scorer, Gordon Dragic, which is a 21 points a game they lost. So, yeah, hats off to Jimmy, man. Jimmy, This was Jimmy's coming out party. Now, as far as game six goes, man, I, honestly, it just looked like the Heat knew that they stole that game, and they knew they didn't. They, they weren't supposed to steal that game, and it looked like they played, they played just like that. They played like they knew. Hey man, we were supposed to lose in five, and, and it was like this one. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Danny Green helped us out, and it, and, and then in that second half, you kind of tell like that once once you get down thirty, and they hit that three, and then ironically, Danny Green hit that three <laughs> and put him up twenty nine. It was just like I felt like that was a dagger. It was like yeah, he was supposed to hit that shot. They went to the locker room. And, you know, when you down by that much at halftime, you start thinking, man, we have been in this bubble for a long time. Like, <laughs> I think it's time for me to just go ahead and, you know, go home. We'll go out there and play. But 
Yeah, this one, this one, over. We go home tonight. And, and I would hold my head high as a heat if I was on the if I was on the Heat roster. I would hold my head high because at the end of the day, like I said, you were not supposed to be in the finals according to the odds makers, and you took down the team that the odds makers had winning the whole championship. So hey. I'm gonna tell you this: if I'm Myers Leonard, I'm geeked up. The Heat were undefeated <laughs> when I played. <laughs> How about those numbers? All right, no, but seriously, um, one of the when I when I look at this final series, I predicted five. It should have been five, but Danny Green, whatever, it's fine. Um, but in Game Six, Game Six showed what I always talk about in the Law of Averages. Jimmy Butler is not a thirty-point triple-double guy, so naturally, when he does that. And when he uh, – what, what did he drop in game four? I feel like he put up big numbers in game four too, was it? Game, was, game four game? wasn't huge. Okay. No, it wasn't was huge big. in game four. In game so he four – He put up a 30 or 40-point triple-double in game five. He, he he put up – in game five, he put up – I think it was almost a 40-point. I think he was two-point shot. But he okay. put up in game four, he only had 22-10 and nine in game so four. So here's yeah. the thing. Both of those guys are not who Jimmy Butler is normally. Like, that's just the facts of the matter. You can look at his averages from the season and see that's not who he is. But this is the NBA, and in the NBA, any random guy could go off and put up really big numbers on occasion. Your stars can do it, like, maybe for a series, maybe for a couple games. Your superstars, it's expected. It's like when they don't put up monster numbers, you're like, eh. Or even if they put up monster numbers and their teams lose, you're like, oh, man, you need to do more. Jimmy is right below superstar to me because he, the entire playoffs, he did things that we did not know. Like, we knew Jimmy was good, but we didn't know he was this good. Against Against the Bucks, what he did. I said, okay, he's breaking the averages. Maybe next series he's going to fall off. After the Bucks, they played the Celtics. He said, nope, I still got a little something for you. But in the, against the Celtics, he did not dominate as much offensively because the guys around him went off. Tyler Hero went off. Goran did his thing, and bam, found a bag that I, I was just like, I've always been a big Bam Adebayo fan, but I was just like, hold on now. This is You talking about the Bam that's not a priority? <laughs> that Bam. Please, please stop saying that. Please. <laughs> Miami, y'all are a first class organization. Be first class and stop playing this game on betting on getting a free agent. Get Bam back. Resign Bam. But that's another story for another thing. The thing is, they but got yeah. so many rookie deals. Like, I, I don't see why saying. they can't can sign they Bam not? and get, get free agent. I don't get it. Especially since at this point in time, these players know that they're going to make life-changing money regardless. Like if you, whether you make a super max or you make five mil under a super max, your kids, kids, kids won't have to work again. Like that, that your, I'm right. sorry, will never have to work, not work again. So that's just that. But anyway, um, when you when you look at when you look at what. Uh, Jimmy did against the Celtics as well. He went off offensively to a lesser degree, but uh, all the other guys stepped up. And I said, okay, now the entire team is breaking the law of averages, and they're going to fall off in the finals. And they did. 
They did. I mean, and it's not that they're a bad team or anything, but teams can play above their heads, but only but for so long. And game six showed they were tired. They just did not have any more. Yeah. Jimmy looked gassed in the middle of the first because you can't do what he did. You can't play 72 minutes in six quarters and still be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. No, that's, that's not how that works. It's just not how that works. So, you know, kudos to the Heat. Um, and I hope that everybody who was saying that uh, LeBron was not going to be the Finals MVP is uh, happy and contented with themselves. Because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, AD and Bron, while they're both superstars, Bron is on a different tier. Bron is in like a, a regardless of what you do, it's not enough tier. AD is on a like, we expect really great. We expect really good games from you on on a regular, and we expect greatness in moments. But like Bron is just like, whatever you do wrong, we're gonna talk about you and say that you're the worst thing on earth. So <laughs> I'm always one to step up and admit when I was wrong because I predicted that AD will win uh, Finals MVP. But the only reason that I did is because I expected um, AD and LeBron to be similar in scoring, and I expected LeBron to have better overall stats. But I feel like with the way that the media is, I think they were looking for an excuse to give Finals MVP to uh, to, to AD. They and you know what? To an extent, people really were looking. It, it's kind of a voter fatigue situation where people are just like, we're looking to talk about somebody new. But then when it was times for AD to go step up, be the best player on the court, be the big man, be that guy. I mean, I'm not saying he played poorly in the series by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that. He didn't play like he was supposed to. Huh? I don't think he played like he was supposed to in those situations. I agree. I agree. He did not. He did not. And there was, there. like I said, that's why he's not legend. He's superstar, but he's not legend yet. Right. The superstar is like, I expect you to play great every night. Legend is when you don't, you are slandered to a certain level. We won't figure out if, we won't figure out if, if. Um, AD is legend until LeBron handed him the keys this year. LeBron showed him the blueprint on how to win, on how to take that next level. LeBron, I mean, even though he's balling at an incredible level, we can all agree that LeBron don't have too many years left. I could see it possibly being three, four, five more years playing at this level because he hasn't slowed down. But AD is going to be in a league a lot longer than LeBron. Absolutely. So we're not going to be able to tell until we see what AD can do. With AD's injury history, I think AD can give you at least like ten more prime years with his skill set. I I would hope so, but that as many injuries as he's had, there's every time he every time somebody lean on the boy, he takes about five <laughs> seconds getting up yeah. and getting I, back down. But I, I think it's a matter of I, I look at it this since we're on the topic of the Lakers. I look at it this situation. Um, Kobe and Shaq playing together. Kobe gave Shaq gave Kobe the keys on um, what getting that taste of winning. But I think what took Kobe from the level of being a superstar to a legend is winning in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. We got to see if AD is is able to replicate this whenever LeBron is not by his side. I feel that. I feel that. Well, so, I, I also feel like it depends on the Lakers front office though, because I mean they go get another guy that's. Like up and coming, you know, and and I feel like the Lakers are still being in a position that they are now, even with the aging LeBron. Like LeBron could play if they get like a 
Uh, let's just say like a, who's gonna be a free agent. Nah, I'm just joking. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Like if they get somebody like a like a Bradley Beal who put the ball in a basket really well, or, or somebody just you know just a, a a good second or third option. If they get another one of those, as as LeBron drops from number one option down to number three option, I could see them you know getting two or three more. I feel that while LeBron's still playing, but AD. As the number one, I, I just not in the guard based league. I just don't see it. I just don't. So let me ask you this: Was this ring? Do y'all see this ring as easier, harder, or no different than every other ring that's come before it? Um, I, I look at it as no different, honestly, because one, you play who in front of you. I don't want anybody saying it's easier or that anybody got the Lakers got handed this championship. I look at it as I look at it as um the same because in one aspect it's harder because you're trapped in this bubble and you're not around your family and you don't have the advantage of home court things, things that would uh, you know, play into your advantage if you if the COVID wasn't going on. But at the same time, things are easier because since you're in a bubble, there's no outside distractions. You're allowed to focus on just basketball. You got your your body because most of those basketball players, there's nothing to do in there except you play the game. You do whatever media you're supposed to do and you rest, which is, is good for their bodies. You know, um, you can have somebody like Kuzma. I don't really know what his lifestyle was like, but he's in his early 20s. We don't know if and they, if they in L.A., he had one decent game, and then he like, I'm celebrating. They going to the finals, and he's not ready for the next game. He don't have that option. He's doing nothing but resting. So everybody is playing basketball and resting. So that makes it easier, and then you also don't have to uh, deal with the uh, the other team having home court advantage and taking you know a momentum swing in a series. So that makes it easier for them as well. So I feel like those two aspects of it kind of balances them, kind of balances uh, itself out. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Chris, is it is it easier, harder, no different? I would say that it's a little different, and I'm not saying it's easier, but it's not or harder. But I'm just gonna say it was different because what I learned from For 2020 sure. is that th- the world is just different when things happen. Like everything's gonna be different. Like even like nowadays, even just going to the grocery store is different. Like you, right. it's like a job now. You have to get out the car, sanitize your shopping cart. Put your mask on before you Gotta get put out the, the car. Got to have a man, man. And the thing is, you still see people walking in grocery stores with no, trying, trying to walk in the grocery store. If you're in Walmart, <laughs> double mask up. You gotta have that thing on you. If you're in Walmart, <laughs> double mask up. At Target, you go single mask. Target has a single mask brand of people there. Walmart, double mask that thing. Yeah, but but like I was saying, like this this bubble showed a lot. It showed the people that were mentally tough. And when I say that, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the problems that some of the players had is because they, they like, really couldn't get a rhythm because there was no fans there. Like, it, it seemed like you was just hooping in, like, a pickup game, some games. And, and I saw it more so in the – not the regular season seeding games. I saw it more so then. But then again, I, I think it helped someone like a LeBron James because, like, he didn't have no pressure, nobody – because, you know, I don't know why, but – LeBron has way more haters than he has fans in my eyes. I don't get how. I guarantee you that no other superstar has had way more haters than they have had fans. Like, literally, people get up every morning and just say, I hate LeBron James. And you ask them why, they can't even give you a reason why they hate LeBron James. They just hate LeBron James. And and to me, that that's what helped LeBron because he didn't have to deal with that. And then another thing, 
Los Angeles to Miami was probably one of the farthest travels you can do. Oh yeah, yeah. So for sure. So maybe not having a. Oh, maybe Portland to Miami would be worse, but that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. But that's that's a long travel, and not having to deal with that is 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 different. Like for sure, different because I don't know if Jimmy comes back after that. 40-point triple-double and even gives us that 35-point triple-double. I don't know if he does that if he has to travel all those games because that would have tore his body up because he looked tired today after the game before. So if he had to travel on top of that, I don't I don't know if we even see Jimmy do that. So right. it, it's different. It helped, it helped on both sides. You can't really say that. And then I hate the narrative that the, the Lakers had an easy path. The Lakers can only play who wins. Like, <laughs> you if play you win who the you play who in front of you. You bro, you can only play who wins the series. Like it's right. not they fought the Clippers lost. I all I saw on Twitter and Instagram was I don't know, the like the Clippers might have been a better matchup for the Clippers are at home. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, why are you still talking about the Clippers? They're in Cancun celebrating their New coaching position vacancy, I guess. I don't know. They like why are y'all talking about the Clippers? Why? 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 Man, why? I, why I, I feel like this is only. Happen? I feel like this is only a big deal now because LeBron is the one that's that's on the winning side of things. But exactly, if you look at bro. it, every finals a team has had an advantage when it comes to like level of competition. They had to play dating all the way back to maybe like what's the last healthy finals we saw? What twenty fourteen? I mean, yeah, well, yeah. completely healthy. Yeah, completely healthy. Yeah. 2014, right? Miami yeah. and uh, yeah. San Antonio. Uh, right? yeah, 20, 2016, 2016 was healthy. No. Was healthy, but Draymond got no. suspended a game. No, who? Bogut. Yeah, Bogut was out. Never Bogut. I mean, Bogut people people like to disrespect Bogut, but Kyrie not getting forty and driving to the basket, getting the ones all game if Bogut down there. Bogut is a big, solid body Australian dude. He was putting he he wasn't allowing all them he paints was in the ball. Even before Steven. right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So 2014, probably yeah. So I, I mean, I, I see it like this. There, for me, I wasn't even talking about the competition because I don't, I don't care about whether or not a path is whether or not uh, the fans deem a path hard or not, as far as like the the uh, competition. Because at the end of the day, if the Clippers were so great, they would have beat the Nuggets. Right. If the Bucks were so great, they would have beat the Heat. If the Celtics were so great, they would have beat the Heat. Like that's just that's just that that every team that everybody said oh they they would have beat they would have beat the Lakers or oh they avoid the Lakers avoided these teams this is not some situation where uh, the the Lakers picked their schedule where they handpicked it and said oh okay uh, make sure that we get the uh, Trailblazers make sure that we get hey is is uh, Westbrook hurt okay great give us the Rockets. Um, who we got left to pick from? All right, give me the Nuggets and give me the Heat out the East. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what happened. Yeah, like like, like it, this was a play. So I don't I don't even acknowledge that. I just meant strictly from a standpoint of of being in a bubble and the restart. And for me, I think that this ring was a little harder to win than all the others for this for one very simple reason. Uh, normally in the playoffs. You have more experienced teams. Normally, young upstart teams are not in the playoffs. And nothing benefits older teams or teams that have injuries more than rest, more than time off. COVID gave guys the naturally longest rest that we've ever seen. 
the Portland Trailblazers at this point in time during the season, if everything had went how it was supposed to in a pandemic, never happens. The Portland Trailblazers would have been um, they would have been having to finish out the season. I want to say without Dame and Hassan Whiteside. And or was uh, it CJ Hassan. It was um. I, well, I think CJ had back problems, but yep. he was playing. Dame was out. Dame was out. Nurkic was was on Nurkic his way was back, but Nurkic he still was wasn't back. Yep. So and Zach that, Collins wasn't gonna play. Oh come on now. We're not going to talk about Zach Collins. Let's, um, I'm doing we've my already talked Zach about this on this show. We've already talked about this. We are not <laughs> We're not mentioning <laughs> Zach Collins as a game changer. I just I refuse to do such. I refuse to do a disservice to our fans. No, but seriously, though, um, you look at that team and what they would have been going into the playoffs had everything proceeded normally, and even if we pretend that, hey, they would have done the same thing, they would have been an eight seed, Lakers would have had to play them. The Lakers would have had to play a version of them that was much less healthy that did not have the same amount of time as everybody else to get together, practice, and get cohesive. Like, that's just a fact. That's not a, like, oh, yeah, this is, no, that's, everybody talk about they avoided the Clippers. The Clippers' best player is the king of load management, is the king of rest. He got all of the rest you could humanly ask for. He got rest in the bubble. (laughs) That's right. But even if we not talk about the bubble, the, the pandemic gave this man more rest than you could imagine, right? Like, come on. People talk about James Harden and Russell Westbrook's usage and Russell Westbrook's style of play. And they say, hey, he can't sustain that night after night after night. He needs some rest. He doesn't take the rest, though. He plays every night. And he plays all out every night. Kudos to Russ. He got all the rest. James Harden got all the rest. Every player that the Lakers were supposed to run into that was supposed to give them problems, they got all the rest they could imagine. The only thing that I would say possibly benefited them from having this much time off was maybe the Bucks being a little um a, they were, the Bucks were just a little off. They never quite gained their offensive rhythm. And you could tell all throughout the playoffs, even beating the Magic in five, they didn't beat the Magic by overwhelming them like they did all season against um lesser competition. They beat the Bucks by just stopping I mean they beat the Magic by just stopping them. The Magic could not score. But then again, the Magic have not been a great scoring team all year. So, like, it's, it's not. And then when they met the Heat, they saw a team that had some players get hot. Boom, they were out. So that's possibly the only angle that I could possibly see of, oh, they benefited from uh, a player or a team having to deal with it. But everybody else, literally everybody else, the Heat should have been the team that was most negatively affected because they have a bunch of young guys. They have a bunch of guys that were supposed to be doing Lord knows what during this layoff. Like, Tyler Euro is, is Kyle Kuzma East. We expected <laughs> to see, so like you said, he celebrates, he goes out and parties, does something wild. Right. We expect to see that from him. Kendrick Nunn, we expected him to be completely disengaged after uh, coming back or after having this much time off. You know that like that's just for these guys. Bam Adebayo, another really young guy in the grand scheme of things. We they came back and were better. So you know the Celtics, another team that's supposed to be young and look bad. The Celtics looked great in the bubble. They looked great. They just did not get there. So I don't for for people saying that this ring is a quote unquote Mickey Mouse ring. It's I you know. It's disappointing to say the least, but 
Do you, do you really want to know what, what the what the biggest problem is here when it comes to the, the, the topics and stuff that we discuss or, you know, the, the narratives that we hear? Somehow we've let, uh, quote unquote, NBA Twitter or the sports media get hijacked by uh, 13-year-old kids with Giannis AVIs as, as their profile picture. Oh. And <laughs> they they just started watching Not basketball honest, in in 2015, and somehow we let those people take control to, of of the basketball narrative on on social media. Not well, James because that's Harden's the goal, sales, bro. man. That that's the sales, bro. And 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 that's that's kind of why I'm kind of glad we talk on this pod every Sunday, man, or and release the episode on Monday because. Like when you watch, you, yeah. Sometimes I watch the shows, like the Fox Sports shows, Undisputed. Ah, I can't really watch First Take. I'm sorry, Max Kellerman is probably. <laughs> hey, when yeah. he said he want Iguodala to take the last shot, I said, yeah, all right. <laughs> when he said GG. Kawhi more clutch, said Kawhi more clutch to Gobi. Yep, GG. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the end of that. Yeah, so I, I can't really watch First Take, but Undisputed. Um, just, just the the sports media show Jalen and Jacoby I watch, but it's just the narrative for sports media right now is literally what could get the most sales, what could get the most clicks, and it's kind of nerve wracking because teams like Miami didn't get any shine on this finals appearance because they were the people wanted to hate LeBron so much they was they was praying LeBron lost this one sports media because you know how much they would have sold. The Lakers, Lakers lost to the Heat when they were the favorite. LeBron would have been had to hide under his house in the <laughs> dirt if they lost this finals. And the media would have talked about it until the next season started. What do the Lakers need to do? The Lakers should honestly trade LeBron James. He he did not live up to his promise. He's old now. He's washed. Yada, yada, yada. And going into next season, we're going to hear the same old spiel. LeBron is washed. LeBron is this. LeBron is that. And, 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 fellas, can we think of any other superstar? I've really been sitting here the whole show trying to think of any other superstar that more people hated than they loved. I yeah. mean, okay, so, and I don't want to say this because he's, he's no longer with us, but y'all, I got to talk about it since we're going to talk about stars that were hated. Kobe, after what happened in Colorado, like, that might have been the first time that we saw a superstar be hated at that level. And granted, I mean, I can see why. Like, with everything that I know about that situation, I can absolutely see why. Like, there's – but he was hated for that. There was no – there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, Giz, but – that wore off real fast, man. Like it's been for the last, it's been for the last. I want to say, but even before Miami, it was two thousand eight. That LeBron, you know, he was even just he young in the league, and just more people just wanted to see him fail so much, and just I, I don't understand. Like you see nowadays, the young guys like Zion, he's instantly loved by everyone. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't get it. But it, 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 was, it get was that it. same. I think it was that same love for Brian when he first came into the league. When he was at the point that Zion is in his is in his career, though. After after his third season, people began to hate. Him. I, I think after I think after the Zion? finals, do you see that happen? Do you yeah. see that happen for Zion? I do. I do. You, I, I don't. 
I do. I don't. I don't think that it's going to be at the level of of LeBron, just because LeBron is the probably the most polarizing star we've ever seen, or the the star with the highest cachet that we've seen at that such of a young age. But Zion is second to that, and I don't think it's going to be at the level of hate. But if we see Zion like perform, um, under any kind of expect like the expectations for LeBron after he lost to San Antonio was like you need to win a ring it didn't matter that he was averaging 39 and 9 like he didn't win a ring and that's when the hate started to brew up but I, I could see the same thing happening for Zion not at that level but I think he can have listen, a similar listen, like guy, career listen, arc listen guy I hear you wholeheartedly bro I, I hear you and I do think that I mean Ben Simmons isn't hated like that this is his fourth season but ben, first of all, Ben said nobody takes Ben Simmons seriously. I think most of the LeBron hate came from the the ceiling. Was I, I'm so just high. Going, I'm just naming. I'm just naming. I'm just naming number one picks that you know they not hated as much as they. Nobody were. has had and that then, kind uh, of. Hear me out. Hear me out. Can I can I say one thing on this real quick? Yeah. Yeah. LeBron LeBron hate was generated from the fact that people could see what he was becoming and what he had the potential to become. And I feel like there was instantly a rallying from the old guard, like, hey, you're not going to supplant those who we believe laid the groundwork for you. I don't think that we'll see Zion receive the hate because we will not – I don't think that anybody can see Zion supplanting LeBron. True, true. Like, even in a best-case scenario for Zion, none of us see him as like, oh, man. He's like he's. We're gonna look at him and we're gonna say, you know, there's there's on the Mount Rushmore. There's him, Jordan, Zion. I mean, him, Jordan, Kobe, Bill Russell, Hakeem, um, Kareem, whoever you want there. Like we're not gonna say that about Zion, even best case, because if you look at Zion, Zion has always had injury problems, high school injury problems, college injury problems, NBA minutes restriction. LeBron came into league. At 18 years old, and they were like, hey, you're going to play 35 minutes a game and carry this team. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, we, we don't, you know, like as, as I, much I, as yeah. we, I just it, don't it's think getting so we'll bad Gibbs, a, though. Thing. It's getting so bad, Gibbs, bro. I literally had someone send me articles talking about LeBron runs sweatshops in China. <laughs> like, 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 it's getting that bad when I'm like, Okay, why do you think that? So I read these articles. The articles are stating basically like LeBron's mass producing all the shoes. They don't pay the workers fair wage. And I'm looking at this person like, you have an iPhone right now. Where do you think that was made at? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? And you know, in in late stage capitalism, there is no such thing as ethical consumption anyway. Like, let's just, let's get that thought. At the end of the day, it's just like, um, who, who is, who... I'll say this. Of every human being, I don't think that anybody's above critique. However, there are legitimate critiques and there are unfair critiques. Like there's, if, you know, if you look at any, a political candidate, not going to name anybody, but, but if you look at any, anybody running for office, anybody running for anything, you can criticize them based on their history, their track record, what they've done while they were in the office or who they are as a human being. But, like, critiquing them because, like, oh, your partner is a different race or, oh, your partner used to be a sex worker. Like, that's not fair. That's not That's not really – it's the same thing with, like, a lot of these critiques that come up against LeBron. Like, oh, he had to leave teams to win a championship. 
you compare Kraus to the buses to Dan Gilbert, you show me who the best of the three is and who the worst of the three is by a mile. You compare right. you compare the the uh Phil Jacksons of the world, you compare the the Pat uh, Riley's Pat Riley's of the world, you compare them up against uh who was it? Mike Brown? Mike Brown's of the world? Come on. Come on. Come on, man. And that's just my thing, man. I, I don't understand it. Like I honestly and, and no one can give you, you a really... clear cut answer so, you know, on why they hate LeBron. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I will say this. Some people I met that hate LeBron actually do have reasons that. Like, okay, some people say, oh, he, like, whines to the refs too much or whatever the case may be. But I'm like, that's the new NBA. Like, oh, he, I, I, I say okay, that I, every time. I, I, I say I, that I, every I think, time. I think I, think I can perform. So I, think I, can, I think I can provide some insight as a, a newly reformed Brian hater. <laughs> So um so so initially my my Brian hate started with if if y'all didn't know I was Kobe was always my guy but when Brian came into the league like LeBron was in my mind was fully ready to supplant Kobe as my favorite player and I feel like he under like I I had such high expectations at the I mean at, as the, at the time I was a kid and I understand that like he had no help around him but at the time I just thought Brian was going to take them to the promised land and he Zadrunas Ogaskis and Daniel Booby Gibson ain't bro, I'm eleven. What? I'm eleven. I thought Brian was gonna average fifty on them. <laughs> and they was gonna be straight. <laughs> and they was gonna be straight. Fast, fast, and I, I feel like it kinda rooted from that then then as I got um a little older, I thought the Miami move was a little weak. But then I started to understand that, like, if, honestly, if I'm if I'm in that position, I can move from Cleveland to Miami and play with one of my best friends and arguably the best power forward in the league at the time. I'm gonna do the same thing. Like I, I, I've now I have no problem with players moving teams in order to win championships. I, I that's not necessarily my mo because I'm a Kobe fan. Used with the same team for 20 years, but move teams if you need to. Um, the only thing that like ever lingered for me was I hit a certain point where even now, like I got no vitriol towards Brian whatsoever. Like Brian is by far the best basketball player in the world right now. Um, the only thing that still lingers for me is, it's just social media. Like if you take yourself away from social media, it's no reason to hate Brian. And I got nothing to do with Brian. It's just the fact that you can just hop on Twitter and be like, Hey, I had toast this morning and some dude to hop in your replies and be like, Brian made the greatest toast I ever seen. And that's just like annoying as hell, but that got nothing to do with LeBron. And let me tell you, and let me tell you, and that's what I mean by like unfair criticism. Brian fans, a lot of Brian fans are annoying. A lot of Brian fans, have never seen Bro, 98%. A, a proper drop step executed. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Brown fans have like they have not seen the value of a mid range jumper. They haven't seen like the the a lot of things that go way with the proper way to. A lot of Brown fans haven't like, seen haven't a seven seen foot center, a seven foot center. Like they just they they in this new. You know NBA, what? They, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're not wrong. They haven't seen the seven footer who didn't try to shoot from thirty feet regularly. They right. haven't seen that. They ha- so you know I I, I understand Brown fans being annoying, but Brown can't help that. What is what is he supposed to do? Tell all his fans, hey, eighteen <laughs> right. year old, go watch 
Go watch the 95 finals and you'll see Hakeem and Patrick Ewing in the post playing hard basketball. That's what you got to do. Come on. Like, that's that's not. He's too busy with the I Promise School to do that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, I understand the Brown fans are, are extremely annoying. And it's, it hurts sometimes because, like, when I watch some Brown fans say some things, it's just like, you're making us all look bad. Please. Please, just just lay off this. Please, just come on. Come on. I, tried, like, I saw like, somebody I, try to explain the, the 2011 series against the Mavs away, and I was just like, please, just – that's his knock. And that's, <laughs> every superstar has one. Every superstar has one knock where it's like that's their thing, and that's that's his. Just accept it. I mean, Lou Will accepted his. He loved them strippers. But anyway, enough about the. I can't stop the Clipper jokes. I just can't. They keep they keep coming out of me, man. I just, I don't know. I just can't. Hey, I'm just glad you ain't called Kawasa not Lathan in a while. You know, shout out to me. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Alrighty, so we gonna we gonna move on from these finals. We gonna switch pace just a little bit. The NFL is on the brink of shutting down due to Rona. Uh, although they don't want to publicly admit it, the Pats and Titans have shut down their facilities. Both of their games have been either moved or delayed or uh, bye weeks have been moved. And do y'all think the NFL is going to finish out their season? Yep. <laughs> and, and I do too. And the NFL, the NFL is not the NBA. NFL is not the NBA. The NBA, even though, you know what I'm saying, there's some things to where, of course, at the end of the day, money rules all. But the NBA has shown that they have some sort of uh, a really some, some sort of regard for their players, um, some sort of regard of the of the health. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're somewhere on the right side of the moral compass. The NFL, they got too much money involved. They got too many advertisers. They got too big of a TV deal. They don't care if they got to call into the Facts Over X podcast and have me play quarterback next week. The NFL finishing this season. I mean, there are a few teams that are in, in need of a quarterback. So, <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been a nice show, man. Let me go ahead and make this. Uh... <laughs> hey, GG, let me go make a couple of L's real quick. Yeah. Man, Chris, I you honestly thinking, think so. You think they going to all the way through a Super Bowl? When you have owners like Jerry Jones in the in the NFL, or you know, yes, yes, kids, they want their money. Like, right. oh, you got Rona. All right, let's close down for a week. Let's move the game here. Put this bye week here. Put this team here. Bye week there for them too. Okay, yeah, this this could work. We don't see any more and positive here, tests. And here's this, my concern with that. Right, you can play mm-hmm. around and move bye weeks. And weeks one through four, five, whatever. When you pass up when teams by week already hit, or when you've already a comp- when you already adjusted for a team's by week, at that point, what do you do? Because you're telling teams shut down your facility. Okay, fine, shut down your facility. They're gonna do what the Titans did and have team workouts somewhere else. And granted, the team workout the Titans got together was the day before the NFL sent out the notice saying, hey, no team gatherings outside of your facilities if we've shut down your facility. But still, how are teams going to adhere to that and still be competitive? How are teams going to adhere to, hey, 
for two weeks, go ahead and sit down, but also come back and play against these other guys who are millionaires who've been playing every day who are ready for you. Like, I, hey, I, Gibbs, I got a couple works. questions for you. I got a couple questions for you, Gibbs, because you play football at the at, at one of Talk the highest me. levels. Talk to me. How important is the quarterback-receiver relationship? Um. Well, it's, it's extremely important, but more so than anything – uh, if your quarterback knows timing and they know their – they got to know the players because at the end of the day, every player – although every player is supposed to run the routes the same way, different players put their different little things on it. Like Adam Thielen don't run out the same way Stephon Diggs does. Stephon Diggs don't run out the same way Calvin Johnson would. Calvin Johnson don't run it the same way Jerry Rice would. Jerry Rice don't run it the same way as Kiki Cootie would. You know, all those guys. So – and get, you answered the quarterback receiver relationship extremely important. You answered that perfectly because that leads me to my next question: How extremely important is the quarterback and offensive line relationship? Oh man, that the, the quarterback and the offensive line—they have to see the same things uh, for the most part. And if they're not on the same page, defenses will take advantage of that. Defenses will know that they're not on the same page, and it'll get ugly quick. They'll come with right, basic blitzes that are meant to attack a certain protection. And next thing you know, your quarterback's getting smoked. Okay, and, and, and this might seem dumb. This might this last question might seem dumb. Guess what did you have for dinner on Wednesday? I can't remember. <laughs> I remember. So uh, so so y'all see why I asked that I, question, right? I don't right? like your line of questioning here. <laughs> you see why I asked I don't that like question, your line right? Of if this is gonna lead to if this is gonna lead to fat shaming, you'll get kicked off the show. No, 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 no. I asked that question because I'm messing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked that though, just for the audience. I asked that question because how do you expect your quarterback to get the connections with the people on the offensive side that he needs to get the connections for when it's been two, three weeks since he played? You're going to give him a – they're going to postpone it, close off facilities for a whole week. Then you come back Sunday, they get a bye week. That's two weeks of him not being engaged with his team. So, therefore, right. just like I pointed out, right. none of us remember what we had for dinner on Wednesday. So how do you remember a whole – you know, how your players react and stuff like that and you're gone for two weeks? Exactly, exactly, and that and that changes the fluidity of it because that changes as the season goes on. Like as the season goes on, guys start to figure it out, or guys start to actually get closer to the proper way to run it, or the guy gets hurt and he has to change the way that he plant or change the way that he moves a little bit, and you got to figure that out. So it's 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 I again I'm asking with the same the same thing about college because colleges here's the crazy thing to me. The NFL has an oversight, a committee to say like, hey, uh-uh, shut this down. Y'all y'all got cases over there? Shut it down. College, on the other hand, Virginia Tech is still playing with 20 players out due to either Rona or contact tracing. So, like, there are plenty of colleges where everybody, it, there's nobody on the injury report. Then come game day, oh, yeah, by the way, one-third of our team is, okay, not one-third, one-fifth of our team is uh, – outdo the contact tracing and everybody's just like okay cool <laughs> and, and gives the fun the craziest part about that to regulate that the crazy part about that the college players not even getting paid like that's the craziest part about and, that and so and so that that is why i believe that the i know college football college football gonna finish out because those players have no representation it does not matter if a bunch of them get sick it does not matter if a couple die 
Like, it does not matter. They, they will keep it rolling. College yeah. is going to keep it rolling because those players have no representation. The NFL, on the other hand, has a player's union that will step in if somebody gets gravely and be like, all right, mm-mm, pull the plug. That's it. That's it. That's enough. That The, the player's union will step in if they're like, okay, they, because there have been so many injuries this year, more than normal, that are like very serious. So at some point in time, I'm expecting the players union to step in and say, uh-uh, that's it. Pull the plug, guys. Pull the plug. The college doesn't have that, though. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's very, very, very disappointing to see. Yeah. And speaking uh-huh. of injuries, we got to talk about uh, this Dak Prescott injury because, you know, and it, this is like not me saying this in a joking way at all or like to be funny at all, but. I mean, his his foot and his ankle were going in two different directions. It seemed. Yeah. Um, after a hit he took earlier, and um, one of the first things mentioned was Dak's contract situation, and the fact that you know he was playing on a franchise tag, and he never even threatened to hold out. He never because his his Pro Bowl All Pro running back Ezekiel Elliott multiple times said, "Hey, listen." If y'all don't pay me what I want, y'all won't see me. And he he stood firm in that because he really did hold out until he got what he wanted. Uh, Dak, on the other hand, did not. He said, hey, I trust this team. I trust Jerry Jones. By the way, the Cowboys will not see another Super Bowl until Jerry Jones sees the afterlife, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, so what are, what are y'all thinking about this Dak injury? And the, the thoughts don't have to be about the cap situation. I mean, his uh, contract situation the thoughts could be about whatever you want to say about it. Like, what are what are y'all thinking about this? What's what's going through your mind when you saw it, and what's going through your mind thinking about it now? Um, one I don't, I don't are, y'all neither one of y'all mess with the Cowboys, right? We got Steelers and Lions, right? Mm-hmm. Like y'all don't even have Absolutely. like a, a smidgen of respect for the Cowboys, right? No. Nah. Okay, so uh-huh. um, respect for Jordan Lewis. Shout out to Jake. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, cast it. <laughs> okay, so um, hey man, when I even though I, I have uh you know disdain towards the Cowboys, I would never want to see a player get hurt like that. Um, especially after he he requested the money that he did and he didn't get it. But I do think it's going to be a while. I think it might be at least a full year, at least two years before we see uh Dak again. But <clears throat> I do think he's going to bounce back and he's going to bounce back strong. I don't think it's going to be in a Cowboys uniform though. Um, which is which is good because we're going to see more years of a Cowboys playoff drought and they're going to regret not taking care of Dak when he was there. But um, I, I don't think that this injury, the, the way the season's going, I don't think that this injury plays a great impact on a tra- on a trajectory of the Cowboys season. I don't think they were headed towards success anyway. Well, that, that, I agree. Leaving two and three Cowboys. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think they were going anywhere this year. Not not with that defense. Not with that defense. You hate to see it. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I would agree. But I mean, you, you, I mean, especially this day and age, a young black quarterback go down. It's it's kind of like, man, I wish he would have got paid because you know we love Gibbs' his favorite song. True. True. Um, Yadolf, get paid. Get paid with a lot of redacted. Get paid. Redacted. Get paid, young man. <laughs> get paid. Yeah. So we love it, but. 
I honestly, and you know, and it's not even just the inner racist against white people in me, because I'm not a racist at all. But I honestly, <laughs> Jerry Jones is, is is extremely happy about this. Like, I, I think Jerry Jones is like, this is why I didn't pay him. Now they could get off my back, like, and see why I didn't pay him because you don't pay quarterbacks that much because they can get injured in an instant. And and to me, I feel like if Jerry Jones wants to keep the respect of his team, he should still pay Dak. Like, he left it all out there. Dak knew this season he probably wasn't going to get to the Super Bowl. That's still early, so you never know. But we knew he probably wasn't going to get to the Super Bowl. And he still went out there every game and still tried to play his hardest. And he didn't even get hit hard. He made a sudden movement, and then he got tackled awkwardly. So it was just kind of like, come on, Jerry, just pay him. And and, and much love to Dak and his family. They're going to hold him down, hopefully. Uh, I don't know his family situation. That's why I say hopefully, but he'll get through this. I could see if anybody's more capable, I could see Dak being capable. Man, let me tell you something. Jerry Jones made his money on the oil rigs out in Texas. If you think that he has ever thought about paying somebody for just leaving it all, all on the line, I have oceanfront property to sell you in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> uh, it is right off the Pacific Ocean. And Grand River. The the two intersect, if you really think about it the right way. <laughs> the Grand, Grand River and the Pacific Ocean, they definitely intersect. But no, seriously, um, it's it's a really unfortunate situation. And everybody criticized Le'Veon Bell when he held out for an entire season. But look what happened. I mean, very seriously, look what happened. Look, He held out for that season, and everybody criticized him. They said he didn't care about football, he didn't care about this, didn't care about that. He took care of himself as, and here's the problem that I I have with the phrasing of like, oh, players are selfish and, you know, taking care of yourself is the problem with the world today. Because Jerry Jones didn't pay him, why? To take care of himself right? and what he believed was in the best interest of the team. So you took care of yourself and that's okay. Your workers taking care of themselves is, is like, oh, how dare you? How dare you? You ungrateful, such and so. I'm gonna call you everything, everything, every name under the sun except a good Christian. I'm gonna call you all those things, Dak, because you want your money. Like, hey, I mean, if, if you look at if you if, if you look at things statistically, sorry to cut you off, but if you look at things statistically, oh, if you could. take all of the money that every player in the NFL is making and combine it, that's still one percent of the money that Jerry Jones is making, literally. So I got absolutely no problem with, with with a player in any sport going out there and trying to take care of themselves. And and with that with that being said, it's just is for me at the end of the day, I'm all for the players having powers over their careers, the players having power over their contracts. It because at the end of the day, like we just said, Jerry Jones is not going to pay this young man out. He does not have with Ryan Shazier, his injury was that of He's not going to be able to, like, functionally – not only is he never going to be able to play again, but, like, he'd have a hard time functionally working on any job that required, like, a, a slight modicum of manual labor due to, like, his whole back situation and, and the spinal cord. Dak Prescott is hurt somewhere on one of his lower extremities, meaning, like, once they, you know, do whatever they're going to do with it, put him in surgery, get him back together – He'll be out for like a year and some change max. And then after that, everything goes somewhat back 
to normal. If everything goes fine and there are no infections, everything goes back to normal. He's not going to get paid out by Jerry Jones. Not, and Ryan Shazier read up on his contract before he got, got hurt. So the contract that they paid out was like, hey, hey we going to pay you out everything that we agreed to pay you already just because we're stand-up people like that, yada, yada. Jerry Jones, oh, I'm going to pay you through the rest of this year because you're on franchise tag. Um, after that, best of luck to <laughs> you, right. bucko. Like, that's that's probably what's going to happen there, which is really sad. And like you said, Dak is I hope not, Giz, man. I, I, I got some faith. That, I got some faith in it. I hope Jerry don't do that, man. I don't. I don't. Hey, listen, I hope that he goes somewhere else because, like I said, the Cowboys are not seeing a Super Bowl until Jerry Jones sees his maker. That's that's just all, <laughs> that's all and that's it. Jerry Jones, the last time they had a Super Bowl winning team, he ran the head coach out of town because he felt like the head coach didn't give him enough credit. Sir, you're the owner. You're the partial GM. You, anytime you know the owner and the GM that well, it's a problem. It's a problem. The fact that people knew Jerry Cross so well, Cross so well, that was a sign that like, oh, he gonna break up this Bulls team before his time. He's that's just gonna happen, and they're gonna have to live with that. And it did happen. It did. That Jerry Jones. When's the last time? When's the last time that they got to a Super Bowl with all the talent that they have? All the great players that they have. A top five running back in the game. Five first rounders up front. A quarterback that was doing his thing. Amari Cooper. When the last time? When? Yeah. It's not going to happen because Jerry Jones doesn't want a head coach. He wants a play caller to be there because he wants to take the credit. He wants to be the guy. You know, I can't remember who said it, but uh, there's a famous quote. Imagine how much we could get done if we stopped worrying about who got the credit and we just worried about getting the job done. Yep. Jerry Jones is big on the credit. So, you know, I hope, I hope that Dak goes elsewhere because that's Dak's best shot at winning the Super Bowl. Because these Cowboys, they just don't have it. They don't. And if Jerry Jones wins uh, one before, while he is still drawing breath on this earth, then we can throw that on the Gibbs' wrong segment. And, and I'll live with that. I'll live with that, okay? Hopefully, if they do get one, J.D. is on the team and gets a ring, too. Hopefully. But that's, you know, I, I doubt it. The best predictor of future behaviors is the past. And, you know, uh, y'all hear the Don Tolliver playing. Y'all know what that means. We, we are tired of talking about injuries and owners not paying folks. And y'all are tired of listening to us talk about how annoying Brown fans are. But come on back next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,